Meanwhile, atop the umbrella factory. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Okay, let's get this show on the road, gang. These freaks are dedicated, hard-working people. I'm Batman. Whosoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power of thought. This looks like a job for Superman. Let's roll! Hey! We're cheering for Captain America! Gentlemen, you're up. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Comics Monthly Monday, number sixty eight. I, that is me, the person you're listening to, the most important person in the world, except for the other two people who are here, who are <laughs> Michael Bailey. Hello. Fresh from back to the bins. Yes, and, uh, you know, had to, had to take a shower, but, you know. And Scott Gardner. Not fresh from back to the bins, but fresh from work. Yes. Fresh from an invigorating day of work. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. (laughs) Um, So you took a shower with Paul Spataro and Bill Robinson? No, 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 no. They they weren't there, trust me. Oh, okay. They were there in spirit. I like, look, I I don't like showering at the gym much, you know, with strangers. That's not what Jim says. That's what I heard, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, you got me by two seconds. Oh, wow. I kind of... Kind of walked right into that, didn't I? Yes, that you did. Golden. That's what Jim said. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> Golden is in shower. Get it? <laughs> now let, let, let me tell you something. There is no. Keep going on with your golden. Maybe shower you story. should not talk. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I'm I'm done for the. Uh, bye, everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're not. No, well, I'm really you. not. not uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> about it i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna take it like a man exactly <laughs> that's what jim said <laughs> no uh hey, no, at least they okay. got their story you guys are assholes but it's okay <laughs> that's I'm what sorry. jim said <laughs> i just gotta give it back a little bit because it's ugh, what a day what oh, so, a day. so we don't do anything that's to not... you and you're taking it out on us that's like well yeah that's, that's how retail works right <laughs> oh Oh, in that case, I should, like, shoot you both in the face. (laughs) That's why we do Skype. (laughs) Dude, wouldn't it be cool, though, if we, like, could, could, like, make, like, a serious living and we all recorded this at studio and, like, God, 
We would never get any work done, would we? No. Because someone would find something on YouTube, and it would be like 30 hours later, you know, our wives are calling. Oh, yeah, <laughs> well, then we'd be driving around looking for food, too. <laughs> we'd be on YouTube, and the next thing you know, we'd be watching the damn, damn, damn Five Guys song, and... Um. <laughs> We haven't talked about food at the beginning of an episode for a long time. Oh, no. I'm not saying we should. I'm just saying... (laughs) I was noting that we haven't. Now they're all waiting with bated breath. Are they going to talk about food? (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what they're waiting for. (laughs) (laughs) What are we going to be talking about at the beginning of the episode? You know, all things being equal, it's been a kind of a a dry month comic book-wise for me. So I really... I mean, I've been basically spending most of my time reading comics for shows so it's i haven't really been out shopping the holidays being what they were um you know i haven't been buying a whole lot for myself Uh, i did want to make one special mention though uh j david weeder who is awesome uh sent me a superpowers batman action figure uh and a but um and a robin too and a a bunch of other figures vintage yeah like 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 an original oh wow I was talking about how I've been kind of looking for one because I have my Superman and my Lex Luthor and my Brainiac. Uh, I don't have the ones from when I was a kid uh, because I have a feeling my mom just gave them away, in all honesty. Um, So I don't have, you know, that. I don't have my Batmobile, which I really wish I had. So I've been kind of watching them on eBay, and for whatever reason, if you want to buy them singly, they're like, she's stupid expensive. And... I was just talking about it on Facebook one day, and he messaged me, and a couple days later, a box arrived in the mail, and uh, sitting up on my hutch right now are Superpower of Superman and Superpower of Batman, with Robin photobombing in the background. So That's awesome. Yeah, the only one of mine that I know that I have, only because I'm looking at him right now, is I, I still have my vintage Robin, and I dare say, for being out of the package... I, I would I would say he was mint condition, you know, as mint as you can be, you know, being removed from the package. But I used to have a bunch, and the only other one that I know for sure what happened to him is uh, is the Hal Jordan Green Lantern got flushed down a toilet oh. years ago. But beyond that, I don't know what the hell ever happened to all of them because I had a bunch too. But was if I had to have one, honestly, uh, Scotty did it. He was like well, three, I think he was three or four years old. But uh, uh, I don't know what happened to all of them. But I, you know, if I had to pick one to still have, it'd probably be the Robin because I just I I always liked the cut of that figure. He just looks cool. I like his cape and everything. The you know, Superman and, and one's I, really good too. And and I think it speaks to our specific generations as well. Is mm-hmm. that you know you're you're really big into the Mego line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, and I think you know, my Mego line is the Superpowers line. That's the thing that I played with as a kid. And really, I, I outside of when they started doing like DC Direct stuff, which is a little unfair because that's the company producing them. Superpowers was really the first DC action figure line, which i think tried to look closer to what the comics looked like right yeah then then and i'm not trying to insult the amigo line so please don't take it like that because i think the amigo line i had amigos when i was a really little kid and i look at them now and i'm like wow you you could it, it's kind of like where the toys are now where everything's the same size so you could play with your marvel and your star trek and your 
DC Migos right. all at once, and that's I, I, I see the appeal to that. But for me, on like a personal level, I look at what they tried to do with superpowers, and it, you know, right down to like giving money to George Perez and Jack Kirby for their designs. Uh, it just it looked like the comic book come to life, and I think a lot of that was helped by not only the comic books that came with it. But the fact that you had that beautiful Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, praise be his name, artwork on the series one and two cards. Mm-hmm. So everything looked classic. Uh, yeah. I, I just uh, I just love it. I just love that I have it. At some point, I will sit there and, and, and piecemeal like a, a collection again. Uh, because even though you can get like really good looking versions of all these characters, uh, that's just that's just my heart. The other thing I wanted to mention real quick: uh, if you are not playing Lego Batman Three Beyond Gotham, you are missing out on a fun game. Uh, I won't get into the story or some of the things that go in there in case people are like spoilers or whatever. Uh, if you are a fan of the '66 Batman series, there's a section of the game for you. Uh, one of the cool things is in the in the second game when Superman would fly, you would hear the Williams theme. Uh, there is more Williams music during the storyline, by the way. Uh, like the story aspects, you hear like more of Superman the movie score. Uh, and you still hear Superman, John Williams' music while he flies. When Wonder Woman flies, you hear the Linda Carter theme song. Oh, that's cool. Uh, you can change... Uh, Superman can change into Clark Kent. Uh, Clark Kent can't do all that much. But when you change back, a little phone booth pops down behind you. He rips his shirt open and takes off into the phone booth and comes out as Superman. Uh, And Captain Marvel, or Shazam as they're calling him because it's DC these days, uh, Shazam does turn into Billy Batson. Now, do they play the old Shazam theme? No. Oh, that's a shame. Oh, that'd be cool. That's still pretty neat, though. (laughs) I'm going to have to check that out, because I'd heard that he was in one of those uh, Lego games, Captain yeah, Marvel. Yeah, it's, it's more of a modern design, but it's still kind of fun, because he's a lightning-based character, so like there, there's things where you have to have lightning, le- lightning panels, and you can use him with that. So, hmm. uh, Also, if you are a fan of anything that Jeff Johns did with Green Lantern, especially the Rainbow Core, the yellow, the red, and all that, right. you go to all those worlds. Oh, that's cool. So it's 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 a really I mean it really digs deep into it's kind of more modern DC but there's some classic stuff as well so it's 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 a really fun game I'm enjoying it uh, quite a bit so that's that's really all I have comic book wise. Well, all I really had was uh, as we record this tomorrow is the big day. Marvel Star Wars number one, the new Marvel Star Wars number one hits the stands. And Why am uh, I hearing the theme all of a sudden? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm really excited about this. I hope it's I hope it's good. I'm actually pretty jazzed up about. It. I'm hoping to actually go and get it release day, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen or not. But uh, I forgot all about it because I got a copy on order. Mm-hmm. I copied. I got I got the variant cover with Jackson. And I'll probably go to the comic store. I'll try to go there tomorrow and just grab the regular number one cover. I'd really like the one that's a tribute to number one, but that's already going for 25 bucks on 
on eBay. Oh, is I it think, really? Yeah, I think there's the like Alex one Ross of them. Cover one? Yeah, I think there's one in every box or whatever. It's hmm. there, there's some variants that are really you know that are extremely rare, and other ones that are not so rare. Like yeah, that's that's that's, that's pretty typical too. The the one that I would like to get, but I'm probably not going to be able to unless I find it kind of inexpensive on eBay. Is Amanda Connor did one of Vader and Leia together, mm, and when I saw yeah. that art, when I saw that artwork, I went, "This is the worst take your daughter to work day photo <laughs> I have ever seen in my entire life." <laughs> no, it's a beautiful piece of art. Amanda Connor is a extremely talented artist, and uh, Jimmy Palmiotti was sharing it on his Facebook page, uh, and I was just like, "You know what? I, I don't variant cover things outside of Superman." I kind of like that, actually. It's kind of cool. My uh, comic shop had what they're calling a collector's pack um, that they're selling for twenty one ninety nine, and it basically was five five different editions of number one. So you had That's one. Cool. The cover is like a vintage uh, Luke Skywalker figure is the cover. Yeah, I saw that today. That's beautiful. That's really cool. Yeah. The, the picture of Luke is not original, like the, like the one back then, but everything else pretty much is. It looks like one of the Kenner card backs. It's just really cool. Um, the Jackson variant, then what they're calling just the regular issue, the, the John Cassidy cover, and then a Scotty Young variant. And then there's another one that's just a blank. So you can like take it to a convention and get a sketch or whatever. So I'm going to hold on to that one, hoping to maybe just get that case. done at some point. Yeah. Because yeah. what I'd like to do is take it and get it done by one of the vintage guys. Yeah. Um, and I know that Bob McLeod usually goes to um, to Megacon. S- so send I it to Mark cool Kambach to- and have him just do the original issue number one. <laughs> with your face on well. it <laughs> so the one that's not included the one that I really do want though is I would like to get that Alex Ross uh, cover that recreates the original Star yeah. Wars number one cover by Chake and I'd really like to get that so if I get a chance if I can get up there and because uh, I know it's on their wall because they, they posted something on their uh, Facebook group today showing that it's on their wall for sale, but I don't know if that just means it's up there at regular price oh, or if well. it's got a special dealer price or whatever, but if I can snag it, I'm going to snag it because that's that's the one I actually think it's coolest of all. Well, I know they're I shipping like the, like, uh, a record amount of them, so, it's, so we'll find out tomorrow if the response is what they're anticipating you know I hope I sure hope so. That would be really inspiring if like there's just like a big response towards a marvel star wars well i was talking to my buddy uh matt at work today because uh uh you know we work together he's uh, a big uh, you know comic book guy too we, were, we got to talking about this marvel star wars thing and i told him i i think one of two things is going to happen because the rumor i heard was that they're printing a million copies between all these yes. di- different variants and everything else they're printing up a million copies no, so one I, of two I, things is going to happen it's either going to be like the big thing for a while or it's like gonna the, clock the, the 50 Spider- cent bins exactly or or it's gonna be you know the adventures of superman 500 of of this decade you know <laughs> where you're gonna find long boxes full of it for you know for years afterwards for a quarter or whatever you know but i'm hoping it's i'm hoping it's the former i'm hoping that it's gonna be huge and and really get people interested in everything and uh it's funny you know it it, it 
it's been rather divisive between me and our friend Scott Rifen because I, I think that he was genuinely offended by the Jackson cover, whereas I kind of look at the Jackson cover and I'm like, I think I get the gag. I, I don't think that they were trying to be disrespectful. I don't think that they were trying to be whatever. But at the same well, rate, the truth I, I of see the matter exactly is, what he's talking about. It's, you it's know? cheeky. It's cheeky. It's sort of, but it's sort of referencing them to to it to them or to the general just like or keep jackson out or whatever but in the end he's there on yep. the cover yeah right, exactly if he never appears in the comic you know i'm fine with that i have a feeling they might just do a little test and you know why not at some point you know if they don't, I, you know, it's funny you should say that because if they don't, I was telling Scott, I would like to do a test of my own, which is I would like to test the power of two true freaks that say, give it, give it a good six, six, seven months. And if we don't get enough of what we feel is vintage Marvel Star Wars in the new Marvel Star Wars, start up a campaign and see if we can start pestering the hell out of them and get something done, whether it gets, you know, Michelini to... Well, the funny we thing is, write an issue, or, or you know, we get the return of Jackson proper in an actual story. Whatever the case okay. may be, I, you know, I want them to acknowledge the original series because I'm, I'm tired of reading these smarmy articles by twenty-year-olds with no perspective whatsoever well, that weren't the there. I think we're not keep reading running as, it down. We're not reading mm-hmm. as many of those anymore. They're 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 starting to. I just read one yesterday. Well, yeah, they're gonna, one. it's going to happen, especially, but it's happening now because now people are starting to reassess it. And but you also posted the other day one that that while it didn't like talk it up, it was just like. The Marvel, it you know, it had no, either. yeah, it had no snarky things to say or or right. general, or despite the goofy blah blah blah, you know. So, yeah. Here's here's the thing though. Um, one, you know, I I, I saw Scott Reifen's reaction to that cover as well, and I and and while I was more like Scott Gardner, I, I saw it as just kind of like a a little. Like a little piss-taking, basically. Not anything right. that's meant to, like, offend anybody. But when I heard Scott Rifen's kind of origin story in meeting you guys, that he was going to that panel because he thought that people were going to be slagging off on it and didn't, and you guys didn't, He's you celebrated the series. It, I, I, I took that as somebody who has for years been defending something that yeah. has been kind of the butt of everybody's jokes so i totally saw where he was coming from on that right oh no i know how he feels 100 percent. you know that leads into modern audiences looking back at the comic now and yeah you're gonna have those hipster douchebags and 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 if anybody's like mike why are you offending hipsters if i'm offending a hipster good because (laughs) they're douchebags um, don't worry, they don't think you're talking about them. Even if they yeah. think they're a hipster, they, they're like, ah, but it's not. Uh, uh, but here's the thing. I am wondering how many people are going to read those and then try to dissect it as if the people writing the com- like issue 7 of Star Wars, Marvel Star Wars, knew everything that was coming down the pike. And right. really, when when you jump into that series, which I will one day, uh, I'm 
thinking of the omnibus, actually, because it looks pretty badass. But when you jump into that series, you have got to jump into a Star Wars wasteland. Mm-hmm. It, 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 like, you know, it's a vacuum, because there was the movie, there was the novel, there wasn't even Splinters of the Mind's Eye yet. So... You didn't even have that, so you have to really when you re- when I read that book, I have to put myself in a particular. Yeah, there's going to be things where Jabba may not look just you know just right, or Luke and is thinking something and it doesn't make any sense con- considering what happened in Empire and Return of the Jedi because none of that freaking happened. Right. But you're not going to have people do that. People are going to be. I I know it surprises everybody that there's lazy writing on the internet uh, when it comes what? to critical analysis. It's why I avoid those articles. You know, if I want to hear people talk intelligently about the Marvel Star Wars series, I'll listen to you guys or Scott Riefen. And uh, that's all I really need. Nobody else. That's well, good. See, the thing with that is, and, and I won't presume to talk, you know, speak for Scott, but I, I suspect that he and I get aggravated about the same type of thing when it comes to Marvel Star Wars is that, you know what? You don't like Jackson. You think he's goofy. You think he's silly. You think he's a big green, you know, Bugs Bunny that that just didn't belong in. So you know, that's that's fine. I can respect that opinion because when I was a kid, I kind of felt that way myself. You know, it's only in hindsight that I, I come to kind of embrace Jackson as what I think he was intended to be. But that's fine. You don't like the guy. That's fine. But don't mischaracterize all. You know, basically 10 years of that title as that's all it was. was, And that's what I get tired of seeing these hipster assholes that just want to treat it like, look how awful this was. It was about a big green. You know, Jackson's in what? Two, three issues? Three or four four issues if you count the one little reappearance of him during the. the And that's it. It's and and right two issues where he's prominently featured as a as, you know main character in the story, you know, slagging off the entire rest of that series because you don't like you know the 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 wild and woolly days of the early days, uh, like Mike was describing before they really had that much to play off of, does an incredible an incredible disservice to all the men and women that did amazing work on that on that title. In its nearly ten years run, not the not the least of which is Michelinie's run. You know, I mean, that's great Star Wars. I mean, there are some great stories in there. There's a reason why you know his one of his stories was chosen to be adapted into the book and record set that Disney put out. You know, you're, you're talking about you know just I mean the whole talent pool that's in there. I mean that. The issue that we selected as our personal favorite single issue, the one by Randy Stradley and Bob McCloud, I mean, that is a great, and not just Star Wars, that's a great comic. It's a great story. And so, you know, just picking on that one aspect and wanting to throw the whole thing out, I mean, it, it's just, it's really a crime. I really hate when I read articles like that. Well, it's similar It's similar to, like, having a TV show that had, like, 14 season run. Right. And 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 those and during the first season, the first few episodes, they didn't quite have their shit together. And they were still figuring out how they were going to do it. You know, and then they hit us. I mean... I, there's there's lags in Marvel Star Wars, but there's a lot of strides too. Where you hit the, you know, there were. I mean, I can remember several 
distinct parts of comic or comics of Star Wars Monthly Monday where we're like, all right, we're in this period of awesomeness, you know, mm-hmm. and there there were many of those. And it ends on a, a strong point that like sort of wavers out at the very end. But it was, you know, had it gone on, it probably would have had, you know, another length of time with um, Cynthia Martin. Right. Uh, with with her artwork. So, it, you know, yeah, it, it's and it just comes down to a lot of the times people have read the movie adaptation and maybe the first couple, you know, seven, eight, nine after that. And then they were like, oh, OK, I've I've figured it out. And most of the stuff that you're going to read these days, that's about the amount of work that the people have put into it anyway. You know, well, I, I actually worry that they put less effort than that into it. That because the bulk of the articles that you read about it are negative and just want to point out Jackson and how silly the big green rabbit are, that there's a lot of people out there in the world who write it off know, comic book fans that have this opinion that, oh, that was silly and stupid and everything, but they've never actually read any of it it's just they're they're repeating a mantra that they've heard time and time and time again or that they've read somewhere on the internet time and time again and that bothers me because that's that's not fair time time wins out Mm -hmm. and you know maybe we did our little our our duty our penance or our um or you know we earned our stripes by doing star wars monthly monday and going over it um um we paid our dues. That's what we did. <laughs> it, you know, by going over it issue by issue and, you know, and I mean, it's not that we didn't overlook the um, low points, but, you know, we were, we were very pretty or humorous about them. But um, for I think it's one of those things where if you wait long enough and the quality of the comics itself we're not delusional it's not just because we read them when we were little kids there's that aspect of it of it that makes them extra special but rereading them and i think that was maybe one of the best things about uh star wars monthly monday for me personally was rereading them it confirmed to me that like hey you know when i was a kid i remember reading and going like oh yeah this is you know we're in a really good you know time period for star wars right and i remember liking these stories and being like ah this one's kind of weak and then reading them again going yeah you know what i wasn't wrong it wasn't just because i was a 10 year old kid and i was right any better so and and as as time goes on you see it happen a lot more with movies because they're more in the pop culture but you see those movies that just like died in the movie you know died a, a quick death in the movie theater and nobody went to see them and then 20 years later, they're generally acknowledged as a classic, you know? Right, and yeah. There's kid, and, you know, and then you have kids who are, like, born and hear about it, and they think the movie was a big hit. Or, you know, it's just like when we were kids, we'd think, you know, like, we would have thought The Wizard of Oz was a big hit, but it was kind of a flop when it came out. But right. since it became a beloved TV, yeah, had that afterlife life. on TV... You're just like, oh, you know, The Wizard of Oz, a beloved favorite forever, you know. And when it came out, it was, you know, Man of Steel, where everybody was just like, I don't know, this is (laughs) bullshit, you know. It's. uh... (laughs) I I think that's that's probably more. It's a Wonderful Life, but but here's the thing, and 
And this is going to sound snarky because it's intended to be, and it's going to sound angry because it's intended to be. Uh, because you, you, you know, you guys touched on something where you know people today are going back and looking at that stuff. So all of you people out there right now that are listening to this show and going, well, that's all right because you know we can look at that kind of stuff. Just wait, mm-hmm. just you oh, fucking yeah. wait. Yep. Because 10, 15 years from now, ah, ah. some little douchebag is going to come up and start insulting the beloved aspect of your subculture. And you're going to be like, but hey, you know, my cross to bear is everyone assuming that the mullet Superman was one, a mullet, and two, lasted the entire decade. Right. Uh, when it wasn't, and it lasted three years. That's it three years and yet mm-hmm. you want to define the entirety of the 90s by that three-year period by the way should we get you a what- t-shirt with a mullet on it that just says that's it three years <laughs> um well one it's not a goddamn mullet um or whatever whatever yeah, it is it drives me crazy too and and, and i and and for a while there the I mullet really or the misrepresentation it. of it I was trying to be calm about it. I was like, ah, I'm not going to get into it. But then I see, I'm seeing it in like actual reference books, and mm-hmm. it's just like if you don't understand what a mullet is, and will I agree that some artist drew it like a mullet? I'm looking at Brian Bolland on the cover of Wonder Woman number 88. Yeah, I can see that. But just because it's drawn that way in a book outside the main books doesn't make it so. In that case, every characterization of Batman outside his main books is canon, and you can't say that. So it's just like, so it's just one of those things where it's not so much that people are wrong, it's that they're defining something by a small portion of when that was actually a thing about their character or movie or whatever. Even when you're mad and snarky, you're still nice, man. Basically, (laughs) what you're saying is, it's not that people are wrong, it's that they're stupid. (laughs) That's how that's how I would interpret it, anyway. (laughs) But that's how I would say it. Well, they're all fools. They are, but that's so. What what I'm supposed to be the nice guy. Well, I mean, what would you designate? Is it like more of a perm than a mullet? He he had long hair. I talked (laughs) like what are the fuck you. Um, Joe Dirt had a mullet. Billy Ray Cyrus had a mullet. Yeah. No, uh, it was just got to be, be business in the front and party in the back. Is exactly. And you know, I talked to John Bogdanov at one point. He's like, I always drew it like like Tarzan with long hair. And you yeah, that's just and, all your hair is growing, is what that is. And and you know, there were there were many issues where they show Clark Kent with like the kind of Duncan McLeod slicked back look. Uh, which and somebody somebody pointed out uh, Aaron uh, Aaron Bias Rockovich uh, no uh, one of the one of my friends on Facebook pointed out that he didn't like it because he thought it was ridiculous and you know what if that's your if that's your argument I'm cool with that you know <laughs> if you didn't like it because you didn't like it that that th- then you're talking taste and it's and that's not as easy to argue with. But if you're going to come at it with, like, oh, I was a mullet, I mean, one, you're lazy, and two, fuck you. So, hey, you know, I mean, a lot of people had mullets in those days. Why wouldn't Superman? There was a time when people did not question mullets and the, uh, the taste of the mullet. You know what I'm, I'm saying? <laughs> so, 
there's a plausible in a time period. There's a plausible. You know, I love time how you're have... both agreeing with me and poking the bear at the same time. <laughs> well, here's the thing: is I'm not an, enough of an authority. I can't picture it enough. When you see, here's the thing, and this is also will enrage you, but hopefully not towards me, Mike, because it's not me. It's the public's perception. But just from hearing it referred to a mullet so much. That now, like, if I try to picture it in my head, I'm not going to picture anything but a mullet. So, I mean, I'm not going to argue argue any point about it. Yeah, I'm just only going to poke because I'm unqualified to do anything you're, but you're an you. So right, okay. right. Yeah, it's just what I'm born to do. I love so. you. <laughs> I love the you other too, thing, man. The other thing I want to do uh, to promote real quick, to kind of pimper it quick here, is um, it... Uh, came to Mike's and I's attention recently that uh, not all of our old faithful listeners to Tales of the JSA are aware that the show is back. I don't know what in the hell rock or, you know, they've been living under or desert island they've been stranded on or whatever, but yes, Tales of the Justice Society of America is back, and uh, we are... I mean, we're right in the thick of it, man. We are about to start covering Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, the first issue, or the first episode, rather, is, uh, is you know, first episode proper of Crisis coverage is going to hit at the very end of this month uh, for January. And then, uh, wait, what the hell episode is this? This is going to be the February episode, right? Or is this the January episode? The I'm so confused. This is the January. Okay, yes, all right. So, yes, later this month. I'm sorry, it's late and I'm tired. Um, I don't even know what earth I'm on at this point. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we will be doing monthly coverage on that. So all of uh, 2015, uh, celebrating the 30th anniversary of Crisis on Infinite Earths. So yes, the show is back and uh, it has its own feed. So seek it that out. That might be where some people are, are confused with. Is if they that were it has its own it from, feed. Yeah, because if they were getting it from the main feed and then that was changed... And we didn't do a snarky trailer uh, talking about it. Uh, maybe that's where the confusion was. That could be it. That could be it exactly. Yes, Tails has its own feed now. So oh, well, it out. always had its own feed, but right. now it's exclusively through its exclusively own feed. its own. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I am so excited. I, we were talking before we actually started this episode tonight. It's just. Uh, we have plans within plans within plans, and Scott and I have basically decided that we're going to take on all comers here. With uh, yep. in terms of uh, you know people doing this, I uh, I'm going to liken it uh, if I may be so bold as to the coverage that Jeffrey and I did of Death of Superman. Uh, I want to give that kind of laser focus, like everything about it, coverage to Crisis because it's it. You know, despite the fact that Death of Superman was a media event, mm -hmm. uh, Crisis is bigger than that. I mean, it's bigger mm -hmm. than the death of Superman. So, I think that's, so too. That's hard for me to say. <laughs> but uh, damn it, I gotta be honest. Chris, what do you got? Well, I got a Christmas package from Johnny Bueno, and as always, he sent me um, an underground comic. <laughs> which is an anthology comic called Zero Zero, which I don't have in front of me right now, but it looks really cool. Um, a Marvel comic from the 30 Cent era called War is Hell, number one. 
And um, I'm trying to remember who the artist was. It was somebody interesting, though, and that's what I'm... Oh, it had some Al Williamson art in the last story in it. So I'm thinking maybe that's why he sent me this. But this is one... I don't know if I still... I may have a copy of this. If I do, maybe um, I might have to pass one of them along to you if you don't have it. It's uh, Marvel Preview number 13. What is that? The UFO Connection. Ooh, I do not have that. And it's a creepy fictional story. It's got a Jim Starlin painted cover of like a UFO and pyramids zapping this guy and his daughter. And it's about this guy and his daughter who have like a secret information on UFO and are being pursued by the aliens around the world. But it also has articles. Is it Zoltec? It, it could be Zoltec. It looks like Zoltec, even though I don't know what Zoltec looks like. I can sort of imagine. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but it's got a lot of articles in it in between, you know, in between like they're, they're very much like the old UFO magazine articles. I have seen those things at conventions for years, and every time I see one, I'm so tempted to pick them up. But they're usually like just that little just bit little... to it. Yeah, to well, where you're like, yeah, I got so many other things I need to be getting and holes I need to be like, filling in that now nah, wait on that. But I'm always I, intrigued. Doug Mensch writes a story, uh, you know, an article about Jimmy Carter's Close Encounter. There's an ad for the Close Encounters comic. Um, there, there's a article about um, John Lennon's UFO sighting. And then there's a Robert, a- there's um an excerpt from a Robert Anton Wilson book, which is some crazy shit. And then there's a, a review of, a, a, of Project Blue Book, the book that came out, you know, of oh, the report wow. of Project Blue Book, all interspersed with the story. And then next issue, The Return of Star-Lord. Hmm. Anything and, that would might get you two talking about aliens, UFOs. all that I, I'm just for on a general basis because some of your most entertaining episodes uh, were the ones where you guys on those lines. <laughs> yes, I, well, that's, I just, a, that's some interesting stuff. And I, the thing about this this comic, this is one of the first comics. I this one was, um, and I'm trying to remember. Do you remember in West Carthage? Scott, there used to be like an ice cream place and I don't think it was right next to it, but it was on the same side of the road. There was a like a little uh, convenience store, cigar store type place and it had a magazine rack in it. It might have been closed by the time we were like, because I was really young. I'm trying to see what year this was that this came out. I'm thinking this was like 76. Or 77, it says in here. So, you know, I was eight years old and I saw this on the racks and just, you know, started pestering my dad, just like, dad, 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 this, this, this. <laughs> I have to read this. And, and it was more geared towards adults, you know, it definitely was more of an adult story. It was very grim and the aliens were definitely, uh, you know, stark raving evil in it. And, uh, but it was also based on, you know, UFO, and I was reading UFO books like crazy at that age. 
So, you know, it fit in with the lore of UFOs. So it was terrifying. It was awesome, you know. So it's it's great having a copy of it. Well, you know, we haven't we haven't discussed this at all yet that I'm aware of, you know, our, our plans for 2015 beyond the fact of, you know, we, we want to be covering uh, Back to the Future at some point. I know we discussed that on the air, but I'm wondering, do we want to pepper in some theme months this year like we did last year? And that, this seems like this would be a UFO prime... Month? Yeah, I think that would be oh, a geez. prime target to do... Well, a theme month because I, I know the ages ago you and I talked about doing some sort of coverage for um, Close Encounters and kind of trying to bring that one back to the public consciousness a bit because I think it's kind of slipped you know over yeah. the years through imitation and what but uh, I know you know because when you were just starting to talk about this UFO thing and you mentioned uh, that there was the house ad in there for Close Encounters and all I just scored that uh, not too long ago and that's one of those books that you had and I didn't when we were kids you had the comic adaptation of Close Encounters and I always wanted it and uh, and I got that not long ago and I, I wouldn't mind doing something like that say like you know that was Close a fun Encounters one. as a I'm sorry that was a fun one because they didn't have a lot of the they didn't have any of the likenesses yeah, yeah they didn't so. have any so, so Roy Sh- or, uh, what's his name Roy Neary looks like a tubby shatner yeah in that. yeah it's it's really bizarre but it, it's all it's also really cool at the same rate but i think it'd be interesting to do something like that you know do uh like a commentary for close encounters and then for the rest of it do uh you know some comic stuff you know maybe do the the, the close encounters comic adaptation do some of those ufo ones you're talking about yeah, that would be and fun. whatever else, and we've been kicking around, uh, you know, some other stuff like that for a long time. You know, uh, what'd you call it? Uh, Philadelphia experiment, Philadelphia sure. experiment, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, I think that'd be great. Do some sort of. I've not got a book on just eBay. UFOs, but I got a book on eBay coming that that's tangential to the to the Philadelphia experiment to read coming up here hopefully soon in the mailbox. Yeah, let's see if we can make that happen this year. But other because we just don't have enough other shit going on, right? <laughs> but other than that, uh, the only major thing I've been doing comic book wise is I finally cranked open my old comic book database mm-hmm. account and filled in a lot of the comics I've gotten in the last few years that I've neglected, and I got rid of a lot of them that had to get expunged from it but then I added a few but I didn't have like some details to put into it and I got a really like kind of snotty letter from him going you didn't put enough details in your and it's just like hey man be lucky I put anything down in there (laughs) I laid the groundwork for someone come on man whatever so that sort of cooled it off (laughs) but if anybody wants to take a peek at my comic book collection it's up to 1950 comics Wow. And and I got a lot more. There's a lot more that aren't in comic book database. A lot of my undergrounds aren't in there yet and it takes just a lot of time to put stuff in. So but that's a lot more than I figured that you had. You go to comicbookdb.com which is an unfortunate name because it sounds like comicbookdouchebag.com, but comicbookdb.com <laughs> and you look for Pure Evil Fenord, P U R E E V I L F N O R D. 
and you can you can basically and that's db.com not dp.com that's a no, completely yeah, that's a different, different site comic book dp is in my porno collection <laughs> um although my, although any x-rated comics i have are in there too so if you can find them i have a few of them sprinkled <laughs> yeah, about too. a couple omaha the cat dancers and stuff like that you know tasteful stuff Along Sprinkled with the... about was a horrible thing to say in relation to your porno comics. <laughs> Drizzled about in my collection. Spotting it's up my sticky. collection here and there. Yeah, my collection is <laughs> a little stuck together, but you guys can pry the pages apart. You know the drill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but my you'll Lord. definitely see a preponderance of Star Trek and Star Wars. That's for sure when you when you uh, go take a gander. But it's quite a bizarre collection, I think, compared <laughs> to a lot of other people's. And it's the only place where it's in alphabetical order, so enjoy that. But I feel up- like my collection used to be fairly straight-laced until Back to the Bins came along, and now it's just it's chock full of strangeness because I've tried to expand, you know, <laughs> broaden my broaden my horizons a little bit, and now they're a little bit too broad. I've got all kinds of crazy, wacky shit in there now, but it's fun. Can't have too many Kool-Aid Man comics. <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> so what do you think, guys? You ready to get into our uh, Freaky Five for this month? Oh, yeah. I'm oh, excited about this. Jesus, I didn't even mean to, like, say, oh, yeah, again. <laughs> Yes, I, I picked this one um, just because, uh, you know, it seemed topical. This is, this time around, we are covering the top five things that I liked about the Ant-Man teaser. And uh, I hopefully meaning, everybody has seen it at this point. I mean, I mean each, each of us, each of us. Not just, yeah, each not, of us. Yeah, yeah not, not each just of us me. reporting what Scott Gardner liked. Not just me. Now, before we <laughs> get into this, though, was like- I have a crucial question before we even start in on this. Mike, I'm sorry to single you out like this, buddy, but I got to know, have you gotten off your lazy ass and seen Guardians of the Galaxy yet? No. <laughs> Damn it. <sighs> You've got to see Guard. What is what? All right. What's the holdup? Do you just need somebody to send you a, a copy? Is that what's going on? We'll call you up point? and we'll watch it with you. We'll just we won't even watch <laughs> it. We'll just sit, sit and make sure you're watching it. You know? It's always a nice thing. No, I, uh, I just. It... Okay. Um, I've been thinking about this. I was actually just talking about this with uh, with Paul and Bill. Is that it, it's not that I'm like avoiding it because that's that's not it at all. Uh, I, one, I haven't really been in a in a big sit down watch a movie type of mood lately. Uh-huh. And two, now I'm really afraid. I was because, afraid of that because yeah, now much hype put into it now. Yeah, for you. yeah just and watch real- it when you're in a in the mood to just like yeah. relax and watch something you know that, 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 that's kind of what i was waiting for the the, the the mood will strike i'm not like avoiding it to piss anybody off because that would just be stupid uh wow but you know, there there are de- i could just start ranting about politics on the internet and you know get people pissed off that's a much better way to do that but it's just like no, one it's of those just things- easier that is kind of like shoot fish in a barrel isn't it no it's just it's just one of those things that at some point i will sit down and i watch it and i will probably love this movie because i like everybody in it uh that i've seen uh you know some of the things have been spoiled but that's okay uh you know that the end end credit sequence has been spoiled i don't care you know that's like you know it's like did you see you know like people getting pissed off about the fact that howard the duck shows up at the end and people were like talking about it oh man you just you just 
blew a lot of people's minds. Yeah, it's been long enough, so you can't expect. No, 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 no. There are people out there that you could like talk about a foot like. Like, hey, did you know that Bruce Wayne is revealed to be Batman 27? <laughs> and people would be like, oh, spoiler! <laughs> you can't win. So, no, I, I, I am I am going to see it at some point. I haven't even seen Days of Future Past yet, so... Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, what was the other one that came out this year? It was Cap, Days of Future Past, Guardians... Thor, Thor the Dark World? Apes. And that came out like in in 2013. So, and I haven't seen that one yet either. So I'm which I'm one? Kind of behind on which one? Which is the new Apes movie? Well, to be fair, I didn't see the the first the other one. Apes movie. So he hasn't I, seen any of them. He's he's uh, not up on the Apes. I, I really no seriously, I've never seen any of the Planet of the Apes movies, nor have I seen. Okay, here's the thing, guys. I, I I've been thinking okay? about this lately. <laughs> no. Okay. I chalk it up to being born when I was born and not having older brothers. That's fair I, enough, I think. I, if Tim Burton would have put, put it out of the park, we might have gotten you. Yeah. Um, being born in 76, so by the time I'm starting to get cognizant of things, Planet of the Apes really isn't on anybody's radar. You're a Yankee Doodle Dandy. Because that's, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a leap year Yankee Doodle Dandy. Oh, wow. Um, so you have that, right? And so theoretically coming up, I could have gotten into things like, you know, Six Million Dollar Man and Bionic Woman and, and Battlestar Galactica all through reruns, right? No. You know what reruns were on in my house when, when it was like when I was a really little kid? I had three Sherman. older sisters, people. Little House on the Prairie was yeah. like a constant freaking rotation. Oh, you no, poor, that, poor bastard. That was the same at our house. That was what was on TV. I mean, on the three channels that we got. So, and I didn't have really any guy friends that were into this kind of stuff. Or girlfriends, because I, I understand, you know, I'm not trying to be sex. It's just, I didn't have any guy buddies that were into the $6 million man. Or that kind of stuff. So a lot of the stuff from the 70s that I think is kind of cool and would like to get into and haven't watched yet, it's not like I'm being like uh, like elitist or a hipster or trying, you know, like I'm too cool for that. It's just, it was never on my radar, right? You know, the Star Trek movies were, because my dad liked the Star Trek movies. So well, bleep, we saw those. Bleep, bleep, man. Bleep, what? Bleep, bleep, bleep. That's the bleep of it on your radar now. Yeah. <laughs> it's me and Scott. There's two blips right now. Unidentified guys, freaky I have objects. More, I have gotten into more stuff from that era because of you two and Andy Leyland than <laughs> I have in my entire life. Okay, Andy Leyland's got me wanting to watch Starsky and Hutch. Okay, <laughs> well I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, hey. yeah. <laughs> so Scott, I am not doing it deliberately to make you angry. No, 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 not at all. I just it's it's time. <laughs> no, I, it's, well, on one hand, on one hand, I'm like, you just want me to see it because you think I think it's awesome. On the other hand, there's this part of me that's like, has Scott like gotten into a cult, and is he trying to get me it into all, the better you know, hope it it's almost... not an ape cult, man? Because those cults do pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I think you'll really like it. I, I think that you will really enjoy it. I, I think that you will see Lithgow, the merit in it that man. I saw in it. The power That's, of the Lithgow. 
You're talking apes. I'm talking guardians. Oh, I, guardians. I think we're talking two different. But yeah, I, I think the apes ones too. They're... The the thing with Planet of the Apes, if you ever decide to get into it, is I think, as much as it pains me to say this, I think you can get into apes right now, starting with Rise, and don't necessarily need the original ones. Oh, Although okay. I will always recommend folks going back and watching at least the original movie. You know, the very yeah. first one. Well, you you kind of have to. It's it's like. It, it is kind of like required viewing. I just haven't gotten there in my syllabus yet. Right. So. But it is, I mean, it is a fantastic movie that holds up incredibly well for, you know, for as old as it is and everything. Because it, it has a, it just has a true timeless quality to it that uh, that really works for it. But anyway, let's go ahead and get into this. Um, anybody care if I go first? No, you go first. Go for it. All right, I'm going to go ahead and go first on this one. So top five things I liked about the Ant-Man teaser. Number five, uh, the reason, the whole reason I brought up Guardians of the Galaxy was uh, I think this feels right like it's keeping the same tone. It just feels like fun. It just feels like it's not taking itself too terribly serious, although it does look like it has a good message and, you know, good action and you know, a sweet story and all that sort of thing. At the end of the day, what I got out of it was, God damn, that looks like fun. That looks like that's going to be a good ride. And it kind of feels like, uh, well, I'll, I'll save that one for, for another one here. Number four, uh, I was instantly reminded of the two-part Marvel premiere debut of Scott Lang's Ant-Man. That's what this feels like. I kind of wonder if they're doing uh, an, an adaptation of that because that's what it really feels like. And again, we'll talk about that in a little while. Uh, number three, I love seeing Marvel push the limits yet again. This to me is Marvel strutting at this point. This is Marvel going, yeah, that's right, bitches. We made the Guardians of the Galaxy kick ass and make a shit ton of money. Now we're going to do the same thing with freaking Ant-Man. You know, Ant-Man. And uh, I, I'm just amazed. I, I think it looks good. I think, you know, I think this is them asking themselves, you know, can we really sell Ant-Man? And, and this looks like all signs point to yes so far. So I can't believe I'm this excited about an Ant-Man movie, but I actually am. I think it looks pretty cool. Uh, number two, the scenery shrinks. I mean, come on. That's what Ant-Man does. He shrinks and he grows. I'm hoping really really hoping that we get some giant man moments in here as well but if we never do just the fact that the shrinking looks so cool uh where he shrinks in the shower just looks that was really cool that was a great effect i, I love the way it's shot and of course number one riding a freaking flying ant i mean i knew that was coming did you ever expect to see this ever I mean, maybe back in the 80s when they were doing those really cheesier type, you know, maybe them trying to do something like that. But in this day and age, I mean, is this something we really expected we would ever see? And it looks no. very much like the comic portrayal of him writing. Yeah. I mean, it's too. right. That scene is just amazing. And I love the like helicopter beat of the flies or the, the ants wings as it, as it's like coming down so he can leap onto its back. I mean, but that is, that is a comic book and a, come on, let's face it. That is a cheesy comic book trope 
brought to life on, on the big screen in a big budget movie. I mean, this is the shit that we've wanted all these years. And I think it's awesome that that's they're they're fully embracing the the more ridiculous aspects and making this shit work and i love it i am i'm really jazzed this is the kind of comic book stuff i've wanted as a comic book fan all my life and and like i said i just i can't believe i'm this jazzed up for ant-man but i am i think i think it's gonna be pretty good what did you guys think well my number five is well, let's just uh, let me preface this by saying I don't know shit about no Ant Man. Right, <laughs> you I know? think that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Um, uh, although sort of in the order of that we do the show, we uh, and when we get to get Chris, by the time I saw watch the preview, I watched the preview like when it came out, but I I watched it again after I'd read his origin, and uh, so I, my my freaky five reflects after okay now i know who ant-man is at least the ant-man that's going to be in this story is so my number five is uh paul rudd i like paul rudd as an actor he's uh sort of a sweeney huh you mean db sweeney i always get these two guys confused does he not look like db sweeney i don't know who's db sweeney oh all right he was in that movie where he was the hockey player that got hurt, and then he had to become a uh, like the the ballet hockey or not hockey but ballet ice skaters partner. Slap I think shot? these two look like no. I think these no. two they look like they're <laughs> separated at birth or something. They could oh. be twins. He well, he's got that sort of doofy Cusacky everyman right. yes. look to him, but he's and he's also a comedy sort of actor. But he's got he's he's sort of in the Robert Downey Jr. level of he's got a little more charisma to him and can put some depth to a character. So, you know, basically they paid some money for Paul Rudd. So and and that's good. He plays a good, you know, everyman character or, or a good, you know, superhero iconic like everyman, you know, their 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 real life version. Number four. It looks like it's uh, pretty much an adaptation of the Burns story. It looks like there's a lot of the elements of that that storyline. You see his daughter in there and stuff. So that's a that's a neat thing. Number three, uh, Michael Douglas, another quality actor, and he looks younger than he he's been looking like really kind of crusty lately in movies well, that he's he had been in cancer yeah that's true from too much well, oral we, sex with his wife can we briefly bring back a segment that uh we haven't touched upon in a long long time did you think he was dead i thought he was dead dude oh. i thought he was dead a long time ago no, no i really did i thought he didn't he, they said something about he had like throat cancer and he died yeah. no he did he i i when i heard about his throat cancer he had already pretty much whooped it, oh, but okay. it had, he looked horrible. And he looked. You can it hear looked, it in his voice, though. I mean, his voice definitely sounds different now. He he, he kind of sounds a lot like, like his dad after his dad had his stroke. I thought, but, and that's not. I'm not saying that to be insensitive. I I mean, I really think he does sound like. Did you hear? I had to check his dad's this. name. Kirk. Kirk. Yes. Yeah. Kirk. Did you hear Kirk? Yes. Uh, after he had his stroke, he was at. He he did a number of like convention appearances and stuff after that. And I remember there was one that he was at where he sang 
um, part of uh, oh, what's that song from Twenty Thousand Leagues? Uh, Whale of a Tale. And just listening to this, you know, the, his voiceover in this teaser reminded me an awful lot of that. I mean, of course, he, he always looked and sounded like his dad anyway, but now right. with this voice thing, he, he reminds me of like his dad and his dad's declining days. And I thought it was a little sad, to be honest with you. I, I, had, to, I had to look it up to make sure it was him because I was like, that looks like Michael Douglas, but he seems to be in, they seem to have uh, really... Uh, got him to rally for this yeah, makeup you know maybe he's computer generated like um jeff bridges and and tron right. reloaded um number two it looks like it's a character-based movie mm-hmm. a- and uh instead of just like evil villain destroy i'm sure there's a bad guy in it um uh, I mean, the they bar- released an image. I don't know if it was just today, but they released an image of uh, supposedly the villain in this. I don't know. Should I spoil this? I don't know if this is a big spoiler or not. It's not. A, are, are you telling me how the movie ends? No, no, no. Just then it's not the, a spoiler. Okay. Yellow Jacket. And he looks badass. He looks like a combination of Yellow Jacket and the. Um, Mike, what was the name of Spider-Man when Spider-Man had the Tony Stark created Spider-Man out? Was that the Iron Spider? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's it looks like a combination of like classic Yellow Jacket and the Iron Spider with like those those spider-like legs coming off. The, it looks really cool, though. I, I just saw that image today. I thought that was neat. Um, one, you know, one thing. The only thing in the Marvel formula that I'm not. 100% keen on is the boss battle at the end. There's, uh, mm-hmm. The only place where it w- like worked perfectly I thought was Avengers where it, where the boss battle at the end felt fully like just integrated into the story and belonged there. Otherwise it's like almost every Marvel movie it's like okay here's the time for the face down between you know and we're going to throw out all the you know, special effects. And it's almost like you have to have it or people are going to riot. But, um, it doesn't look like this. Mo- that's what they're trying to push with this movie. And that's what I like. I, I, I have a feeling it's going to have a good base of story, story and character development. Not too much, you know, just enough, you know, like the Iron Man movies have, you know, and, um, when with Paul Rudd as the lead character, you have a very good, chance of making it a character that people want to see movie after movie and number one no besides really him on on the flying ant there's no money shots in in the preview right it's a fun looking preview honestly the first couple times i watched it i was kind of underwhelmed by it um, I was just like, ah, oh, you know, looks good. And but at the same time, about thirty seconds after I see that with a Marvel trailer, that usually to me is a really good sign, um, because it usually means that they don't want to show the really, you know, there's some really cool stuff in there. They don't want to put it in the in the trailer. And I thought a lot of the the Avengers trailers when they first started were a little underwhelming at first but that was because they 
wanted to leave it there for you in the film and then have you go, oh, holy shit, you know? Right. And they always have this kind of um, dark, dark tone to them, you know? Right. For the most part. And this one also has sort of dark music to it. But you can see there's going to be a lot of humor in it. It's just there's there's no getting around it. And it's Paul, Paul Rudd's in it, you know? So I, I think everything is a good good sign. I think the trailer itself, it, it doesn't get me. After seeing the Mad Max trailer, I'm sort of, that sort of burnt out my synapses. So I haven't had a lot of like, ooh, after a trailer. Plus, I'm not as invested in Ant-Man. But I will be I will be going to the theater to see this, um, because it has all the earmarks of a quality Marvel production. So at the very least, it's going to be entertaining and a good popcorn movie. And if we're if we're if we're lucky and and uh, from the pedigree of of how they've got and I know there's a lot of like. There's been a lot of turmoil in the production of this, but it, it it definitely when it started out, it started out as a labor of love. I can't remember who the original director was, but yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name either. Edgar Wright. That's right, it. Right. So, so it might not end up be having the Edgar Wright touch to it when it when it comes out, but I yeah, it just. It, it it has a very comic book feel to it and I like and just a, I guess to cheat and have another thing that I like I like you don't really see a lot of what things look like when he's small you know the honey I shrunk the kid aspect of it right but I like that you can sort of tell that there's a look to it when he's small there's like a sort of refracted red and blue light coming mm-hmm. off stuff so that looks really interesting. I, I'm I'm interested to see how that translates out and how they translate out. You know, just the the coolness of being small. You know, and seeing large things as being huge and small things as being huge. It's going to be neat. But that's mine. Mike, I have no desire to see this. No, I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs> Uh, number five uh, is tinged with anger. Uh, it, it was filmed here in Georgia, a lot of it. Was um, it? Like 10 minutes from my house. Oh, wow. They, they used uh, Pinewood Atlanta for a lot of the sound stages. And if I didn't have to work a particular Saturday, I would have gone out for the casting call for extras. Uh, but I had to work, which, you know, uh-huh. it's like I can keep my job or go be in a comic book film. One's going to give my wife insurance, one's not. So there you go. Uh, no, it, a lot, some of it was filmed, in fact, right around the time, like right around October. I remember seeing a Facebook page call out for uh, EMS workers, like firefighters and stuff, to come to be extras in a marvelous production, um, which I thought was really subtle uh, <laughs> in that way that it's not subtle at all. Uh, no, I, I, I like the fact that it was uh, it was filmed locally and that the, the, the Georgia film industry is really taking off because I'm hoping to take advantage of that at some point in my life, uh, <laughs> which is kind of selfish, but still. Uh, number four, wow. you know, a lot of mine kind of echo what you guys said. It looks like it's going to have a really good story to it, like a really good heart to it. Right. You know, having that little kid in there and having him be kind of doing this for for his family 
I think is the way to go because that's how you're going to hook somebody on a on Ant-Man who most people don't know what he is. Uh, number three, I uh, from the looks of it, we can probably maybe put the Hank Pym's a wife beater thing away oh, for a while. Please. Uh, and not have that be all that that character is about. Not excusing it, believe me. Not excusing it. But uh, let's, uh, especially since it's a different character, maybe we can just let, and maybe we could pull a Disney and let that go. Um, number you did two. Not just say that. Yeah, I did because I thought it was funny. Uh, number <laughs> two. Number two. Uh, Michael Douglas. I like Michael Douglas as an actor. I have liked Michael Douglas as an actor for years. Uh, even the most banal script, like that crappy one, what was it? It was in the 90s where his, uh, the whole thing about it was sexual harassment with Demi Moore. Oh. Uh, but uh, It's not it had, Fatal Attraction, but it has some sort of... Yeah. Uh, Decent Proposal? No, no, no but no, it was no. right in that same time period. Yeah, and it was a crap movie, but he was good in it. Because he's a good actor. I know a lot of people, especially like right before he got cancer, wanted to start tagging him. Oh, he's he's crap and he does crap movies. No, he's 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 good in everything he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, Romancing the Stone, uh, War of the Roses. Uh, you know, you know, the list goes on and Dead on zone. with this guy. Dead Zone. I mean, just 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 you know, just a good quality. And now that he's a little older and he's going <laughs> to be an older. Him. Dead Zone was no, that was, oh, that was Sheen, wasn't it? That was, Sorry, that was Martin Sheen. Sorry, I thought that was Christopher Walken in Dead Zone. He's in that. Well, oh, yeah, he was the star, but yeah, the the, the president. I'm getting the president, president confused. Oh, okay. Um, but no, it, and and the fact that he's an older actor, uh, being an older Hank Pym, I think subconsciously it adds pedigree to the role. Yeah, uh, because you know if you're going to trust this guy. Bring in an actor that you can trust. You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, it just occurs to me. We need to get Hank Pym and Nova Prime together because Glenn Close plays Nova Prime. So. <laughs> and if she, she's going to look at him, I will not be ignored. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's like there's a pot on the stove. Don't look in it. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I think... Um, I think uh, one of the main reasons I was kind of looking forward to the film even before I saw the trailer was that he was going to be in it. Number one, Paul Rudd. Uh, Paul Rudd is, he he's really more, I think, these days associated with the Judd Apatow crew uh, because he's been in a lot of their movies. Yeah. And, and I'm not just talking like Ron Burgundy. Well, I don't know if he did, Judd Apatow did Ron Burgundy, but it seemed to be in that. But I like, you know, like the 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 that that sort of film that's kind of got the the humor that's a little more gross out than gross than out it's like gross out with a heart of gold humor yeah. type stuff but he does a lot of indie movies too uh but you know I'll go back to clueless with him back in the mid 90s where he was uh he was kind of yeah. really solid in the role that he was in and I liked him in that. So that was a I, movie I, I was prepared to hate, and then by the end of it, I was like, "I love this movie. This is no, amazing. This is about the last people in the world I would want to watch a movie about, and I'm loving it." Well, it's it's based on God, Jane Eyre. Yeah, it's up, yeah, yeah. It's an updating of a classic, but still, right. 
the the heart of 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 Paul Rudd as an actor is that he is an everyman that's not an asshole about it. You know? Like he is the guy you kind of root for because he's kind of you, but he's not overly pretentious about he, it. He looks like he would be puddly and pretentious, but yeah. plays it off. But he, he has a but charisma. He's not. Right. You yeah. know, I, I've seen interviews with him where he talked about getting in shape for the film and he's completely self-deprecating about it. You know, it was kind of like when Seth Rogen was getting ready for Green Hornet. You know, these these aren't guys that 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 like work out generally, but you kind of have to to be in these in, in these types of productions. But, you know, looking at him in the trailer, it seems like this role was like tailor made for him as an actor. So seeing him as a hero, as a superhero is going to be really interesting because I think if if, if the Marvel productions have done any, anything right it's putting the right people in the right role. You know, yeah. they put Chris Evans as Captain America. They put uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. Didn't know who the hell Chris Helmsworth was before Thor, but damn it, he was the right one for it. Mm-hmm. And as much as I loved Ed Norton in Incredible Hulk, Mark Ruffalo was great for Avengers. He was Avengers. great, too, yeah. You know, They're both great. Th- these, th- they've got this ability... To when they're casting these things, that they they just nail it. They nail the the character with the actor that needs to play that character. And I and when I heard Paul Rudd was going to be in it, I knew he wasn't going to be Hank Pym. Like even before they announced it, I just knew that. I'm like he's going to be Scott Lang, and I don't know Scott Lang all that well to begin with, you know. Right. So, but it, it's what I'm kind of hoping is that while there will be a big bad guy in this movie, that's not going to be the focus of the film. Right. Kind of like, as much as the Red Skull was the bad guy in Captain America, he really wasn't the focus of the film. It was all about Cap. And yes, Cap had to fight him, but their epic showdown was not what the film was leading to. That film was leading to Cap crashing into the ice. That mm-hmm. was the, the ultimate moment for the film. That's where everything that was going on. And same with is that in all of the fight scenes, it wasn't so much that he defeats Ironmonger, it's that he overcomes something within himself. Right. And I think we're going to get that with this. We're going to get him fighting somebody, and we're going to get some really cool effect shots. I, I'm completely convinced that they're going to oh, revolutionize yeah. shrinking and you know, like you said, it's not going to be honey. I shrunk the kids, right? You know, and stuff, but it's just I. You know, I don't know if I'll go see it opening weekend, but that goes more to the point that comic book films are so commonplace now that I don't feel like I need to anymore. Right. Like it used to be, there's one of these a year, and you better go see it. Now there's like, ah, oh, I got a couple to choose from. It's like you know, like westerns or or horror films or anything like that. It is now a accepted genre. What's but, funny is that for me, this was this was slated to be my first one to go. Eh, I think I'll wait for that one, you know, wait for it to hit, you know, DVD or whatever. And now, after seeing this, I don't. I I think they got my money. I think I'm yeah. gonna. I think my ass is gonna act, act, actually have to be in the theater seat for that. 
Now, but Scott, I, I agree with what you're saying, though. I, I think that's amazing that we're in that time now where pretty soon you are going to be able to really pick and choose. Whereas, you know, you know, I mean, all three of us kind of grew up in that era where if there was a comic book movie coming out that looked even, you know, decent, you pretty much went to go see it because, you know, you just hey, didn't yeah. get that. When was the next them. time it was going to be a few more years before you got to see something else, you know? Yep. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, Scott, and, I, and, and, if, and if you can't answer this question, I will understand. Mm-hmm. Are they pumping something into the air uh, where you work that makes you want to see this more? Because it's a, you know, kind of a Disney production. I mean, you can tell us. It's okay. You can, you're can. you in a safe <laughs> place, Scott. If they were, he would be more excited about Star Wars right now than he That's true. But maybe they haven't started up on the... the Star uh, Wars juice? Yeah. I mean, are you are you asking me why I'm so excited about no, this? No, no, I'm 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 just making a joke that because you work <laughs> for Disney that they would be brainwashing you into wanting to go see it more. But, oh my god, you know something that just occurred and never even occurred to me till just this. Do you moment. have any mi- missing lengths of time in your day? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's uh, over in the in the Hollywood studios section. There is a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids playset area that is kind of, you know, at this point, it's kind of due for a refurbishment because I don't think kids today have any clue right. what Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is. I know where you're that, going with this. Well, it would be amazing to be able to, if this movie hits, to refurb that and, and tie it in with Ant-Man. But the only problem is I'm not sure that Ant-Man is something that they could use, you know? But yet, yeah, yet, but that would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. People Which, should just start know, leaving Ant-Man figures in that in that area. I uh, yeah, I know that that would be cool. But you know, I, I I'll have to do my homework and see if Ant-Man is one of the one of the ones that's because re- I'm almost positive he has to be because he's a founding member of the Avengers. Now I'm talking the comic book Avengers. But over at Universal Studios, I'm almost positive that there's Ant-Man representation over there somewhere. But I'd have to go and do my homework and and make sure of that. But if he wasn't, then once again, you know, that that could add to my, uh, you know, my my pet theory of why they have greenlit some certain projects, you know, because much like, you know, when people looked at Guardians and thought, really, Guardians, why that one? I'm sure that had at least something to do with it was the fact that here was a property that they can they can play with because it's not part of the deal over there at Universal. Possibly Ant-Man's the same deal. I, I really don't know that for sure. But it'd be interesting one way or the other. But I, I just I, I like that you made me think about that. That'd be a great way to be able to refurbish kind of a a, a really great themed area. That's just well past its prime at, at this point, you know, and kind of be able to reinvigorate it. Between between the money from Guardians, who knows what Ant Man will do? But right. the, but the the guarantee that the money from Avengers two and a Star Wars movie coming out, Disney should have enough to to build Back several yeah up. just start building addendums onto disney world if they oh, want yeah. to like you can't do that yeah sue us we're building our own money printing press sorry guys let's <laughs> say we're not 
<laughs> well, I'm hoping that that you know that that may be a, a wonderful side effect of 2015. Is you know if 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 everything Guardians World clicks Star and, Wars World. Well, yeah, I mean, but I, I mean, if everything clicks and everything works and everything and and all these things make the bank that they're wanting them to, then you know maybe that that whole thing can get closer to reality of finally settling this thing you know with with universal and and really being well on the path to you know true marvel presence you know in the in the florida parks i think that would be incredible i i don't you know well we'll just have to see where the whole thing goes but i mean you know star wars is definitely coming you know that that's a done deal (laughs) it's just a matter of it you know (laughs) Uh, just a matter of it being built at this point, but that's no. We're definitely... we're in like some weird. We're in the weird little like little calm in the hurricane. Mm-hmm. But don't worry, <laughs> it's coming. Oh, absolutely! It's, it'll be on top of us in no time at all. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Well, is it time for everybody's favorite part of the show? Get Chris to read a goddamn superhero comic. 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 Everybody, really everybody in the world, gather around. Scooch up, children! It's time. We really need to get some like kids cheering <laughs> at, at that point. Like, yay! Like the Bozo Show. <laughs> yes, it's exactly like the Bozo Show. <laughs> it is the Bozo Show. <laughs> well. This time on Get Chris to Read a Goddamn Superhero Comic, if you haven't already guessed, I am reading Marvel Premiere number 47 and 48, which is Ant-Man, because there is an Ant-Man movie coming out, and (laughs) I am a shameless whore. I do not know nothing about no Ant-Man, so I saw this comic was an origin, so I said, okay, now I will know. But then I found out this is like Ant-Man Origin 2 because some guy was Ant-Man first and his name had three consonants, so I will not try to say it. Anyway, this Ant-Man is a crook with a heart of gold named Scott Lang who gets sent to the big house, but he impresses the warden so much and gets a job with Iron Man when he gets out. Things are going great until Scott's kid's kid gets superhero daughteritis, which means she has a bum ticker and will keel over tomorrow. The only person who can save her is an experimental surgeon who is getting kidnapped when he goes to see her. He tries to stop the goons who are taking her, but a big red arm rifles one off his face and then they get away. He follows them to Cross Industries. He uses his old burglar skills to get in and finds the old Ant-Man suit there. Now he is cooking with super shrink gas. He can shrink (laughs) down and use ants as his slaves. He finds out that the doctor has been kidnapped by the president of Cross Industries, Mike Cross, who is now a homunculus (laughs) red monster because his super pacemaker has taken over his body and his body is growing and he wears out hearts and the long and short of it is he is the evil Tony Stark who steals bums' hearts to stay alive. <clears throat> that is the longest sentence I've ever written in my life. <laughs> anyway, he is sick of using crappy bum hearts. And when I say bum hearts, I do not mean hearts that are bum tickers. I mean hearts out of real life stew bums from the street to stay alive. 
So he beats up Ant-Man, snaps his antenna, and takes his ant gas, and in the morning he will take his ant heart and have the doc put it in him. Luckily, Ant-Man has a spare pair of antennae and gets his ant buddies to steal back his tiny gas containers. Then he goes to whooping on evil heart-eating Tony Stark, who keels over midway through. Turns out that the sneaky dot gave him an old crappy used heart so that the bum killing can finally stop. So he rescues the dot who fixes his kid's bum pump and all is well. The old Ant-Man even drops by to pass off the teeny tiny ant torch. Thus a new Ant-Man is born and all that crap. The end. <laughs> well done, sir. Well Thank done. <laughs> what did you think? It was a riot, man. I was so happy to see some John Byrne art, man. I did uh, not see that coming. So it was a joy from beginning to end. It was a nice little tight little origin story. It was very good. Very fun. I discovered this because it was John Byrne. This was in that era when I was collecting. When you were going to get you know, everything. Uh, yeah, if it was John Byrne, it was going in my collection. So I was just scarfing up everything John Byrne and discovered this. And I was pleasantly surprised revisiting this. I had completely forgotten that he's inked by Bob Layton on this. And come on, you know. Yeah. John Byrne and Bob Layton. It's like double in, pedigree. In, you know, what year is this? 70? Yeah, 79? Yeah. David Michelini is yeah. the writer on this? Yeah, it's, it's just damn good stuff. It's just classic tight Marvel storytelling of the time and just beautiful. You know, before John Byrne was like really into his style, you know, and uh, although I like it when he got real when he had developed his style more, he was just going for the straight ahead, you know, comic book Mm-hmm. feel and boy it's just beautiful yeah. it's beautiful i love the way he draws like you know a shrinking or growing ant-man you know and it's been that's a classic style of ant-man drawing it but it takes on a special flair when burn does it and you have the ever-increasing you know line of ant-man going off mm-hmm. towards the guy and then just socking him in the head it's it was it was just great fun and and as we were discussing before the show, I might actually try to seek out these issues before they become stupidly expensive because of the movie, if the movie's a big hit. Hopefully the movie won't be a big hit so I can get them for 50 cents <laughs> still. You selfish bastard. Mike, what did you think? You said this was your first time reading these? Uh, yes, I mean, I was familiar with who Scott Lang was uh, through just, ba- you know, just reading other Marvel books. And I think I may have read his Ohatmu entry uh, at one point or another. Uh, but like Chris, it was just like the amazing part of this was opening the book and seeing the credits. And I'm like, ooh, David Mickel, ooh, John Byrne. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm not quite the Bob Layton mark that you are, but I think that basically comes from the fact that I'm mainly a DC guy and he really didn't have much penetration over there. Uh, Dude, we've covered all kinds of stuff that Bob Layton inked. I, I understand that when I was coming up <laughs> as a comic Oh, I got fan, you. I got you. I got you. Uh, he really wasn't in many of the books that I was reading, whereas John Byrne is the reason I started collecting comics. Someday right. we so. got to do those Hercules books. Yes. That, that's, you have that's, them? What, that's what Bought always... Specifically ma- for that, actually. <laughs> Did so. you? 
Yeah, I bought them because uh, we said we were going to cover them at some point. So I picked them well, up. There you go. Oh, we got to do it then because we those are. About, we talked about theme months. That's when we could do right there because there's the two original series, there's the a graphic novel, and then there's a, a follow up series from just a few years ago. There's your four weeks right there. We could do Hercules Month. I like that Hercules, idea. Hercules, Hercules. We could do uh, Meet the. Um, uh, oh, what the hell is it? The Eddie Murphy movie. No, really? Please, no. Hercules, Hercules. No. No. Uh, okay, so I'm going to get my snarky <laughs> question out of Commentary? the way first. Come on. Um, your name is Scott Lang. You have caught the interest of Tony Stark. Your daughter has heart issues. Yes, and I thought no, this... And at no point does Tony Stark go, you know, I have heart issues too. You know? To- Tony Stark has has pocket change that could... Yeah, they could, could take care of this. But I think they were hinting that it's like... Okay, this guy is like too stubborn, so he's gonna go broke. But the, yeah. when it comes right down to it, you need that's it's a hopeless thing. Tony yeah. Stark could throw money at it, but you need that woman to do it, you know. So, so yeah, I I understand because comics is the reason, mm-hmm. uh, which is my favorite reason for anything in a in a like a, a lapse in a plot hole or something. It's just like I'll go because ah, comics, and then I'll just keep going with it because it's just how the story went. There's really not much you can do about it. However, having said that, that is my only niggle in this entire story. I, I uh, was surprised Tony Stark didn't show up more than just sort of a flat, yeah. like flashback picture of him because you had the whole, you had the daughter with the heart, and then you know the 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 evil Tony Stark Cross had his his bum ticker. So and and it's funny that like they were setting up this whole like basically mirror universe tony stark where this guy's got a bum ticker and instead of dealing with it and making it in something for the power of good he makes it into basically a reason to serial kill bums and uh but uh everything about this origin worked for me everything about these two issues worked for me artistically i thought they were amazing uh we've got all the stock burn poses and figure work and everything that makes me smile as a burn fan plus it's late 70s early 80s burn so dudes got like you know the 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 mutton chops going on Mm -hmm. and the fashions are all 70s and it's just like you know you're reading this and it looks like right right at home with his x-men work from the same time right with the hellfire club yeah Yeah. this reminded me a lot of uh did you ever see the the issues of space 1999 that he did at charlton reminds me an awful lot of that and and i mean that and it's good because that's what i you know when when artists like that are first starting out and, and it's their early stuff i always describe it as like you know the the young hungry you know and that's that's how what i see in this is this is the young hungry burn when he was like really out there to yep. you know deliver the A game and, and make a make a splash impression and that's just what I see in this and uh, I love it because it's He's, the best of, best of both worlds it's it's right you know you you've got the best of like his Charlton stuff when he was just starting out and then like this is him also like hitting his stride with like X Men and stuff. I love it well he's not a, he's not a big thing so he's playing the he's yep. playing the game yeah but. It, not in a bad way, you know. He's 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 like, okay, I'm working the comic format, and when mm-hmm. he does that, it's just classic. It just comes out classic. So no, here's I a just, question. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. 
No, I was just saying, I, I, I liked the origin aspect of it. I liked that Hank Pym came in at the end and kind of passed the baton a little bit because you could do that. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't the original Ant-Man origin. Uh, but to be fair, the original Ant-Man origin wasn't really set out to be an origin of a superhero. It was a horror story, mm -hmm. essentially, where a guy just shrinks himself. Uh, and they then turned it into a superhero thing, you know, when mm -hmm. that was becoming more popular. So I, I like that. I like seeing Burns' drawing of this Ant-Man costume, too. Uh, the, he puts a that I really, really liked. And it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big guy fighting a little guy. I mean, that's just, it's just <laughs> awesome all day long. So, no, I loved it. I was so glad that you guys chose this one. Now, here's a question for you. And I honestly, I, I mean this question sincerely because I can't remember anymore. What the hell did we do before the internet when you would read something like this and it would have a dated topical reference? Because I can't remember what, what I used to, I guess I used to just kind of slough it off and go, I, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. But the amazing thing is... You would have to slap your ass to the library. Probably. Yeah, I guess. But, you know, that's the great thing about the age that we're living in is, I, you know, I was laying in bed the other night reading this and I got to like, you know, just as an example, page 15, where he shrinks for the first time and he's surrounded by ants and one corners him up against the wall and he's thinking to himself, damn, where's James Whitmore when you need him? And I'm like, is he talking about them? Because I don't remember James Whitmore being in that movie. And I looked it up. Yeah, he's the star of the movie. How the hell I didn't remember that. I don't know. I've seen that movie a million times. But that's clearly what he was talking about. Steve Martin reference, too. Yeah, there was. There was a Steve Martin. And then yeah. uh, the, the one that really threw me, though, the one that I definitely was like, I don't have a clue what the hell he's talking about, was he's riding one of his aunts. And they go into this great... And the ant starts to shudder. And he says, uh, hey, what's the matter, Steed? He calls the ant Steed. Says you're shaking like Bobby Riggs at an ERA meeting. I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? So I looked it up, and it was this whole, you know, this whole thing, which I'm not going to Bobby go Riggs into. versus Billy Jean King. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. that's exactly what it was. Yeah, but I'm just, but it really got me to thinking that, you know, like I said, what what did I do before the internet? Where I could just look these things up in a moment's notice. You know, I I, I guess I just, just sort of slough them off. Yeah, I just missed it. Yeah, did. yeah, we'd slough them off. And then you would fall upon the piece of information years later and go, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I see. And yeah. you would read it later and go, oh, okay, you know. Yeah. You know what? Now that you say that, that, that makes perfect sense because I remember there's that uh, in uh, – help me out, Mike. It's one of the issues of Man of Steel where Lois Lane tells Lex Luthor that he's starting to look like Fred, Fred Mertz. Mertz. I'm like, who the hell is Fred Mertz? Yeah, I, I, I was too, no I was too young that for was. that. I didn't know who the hell Fred Mertz was. That took me years Lucy. to figure that one out. Yeah, exactly, but I didn't know that. Yeah, I never oh, yeah, yeah, that, I, let, I Love Lucy was on my father's long list of what he called shit shows, and I never watched <laughs> it. I never saw it. He would not, yeah. That, yeah, know. well, I know what that means. That means your dad just making a comment or a noise and then boom, right over the, you yeah. know. I mean, that, that was, I, I remember those early days. Remember when you had the box with all the little buttons on it? Yep. And only one button would go down and it would push the last button up and your dad would just be going, nope, nope, junk, nope, junk, 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 nope. Junk, junk. It's just as fast as you could go. Yeah. That's bullshit. That sucks. 
Oh my god. Oh, she's ugly. (laughs) So here's another question, and I almost hesitate to ask this question because this is, uh, well, it's spoilery, but I, I need to know from my own curiosity if either of you guys know. Now, Scott Lang died mm-hmm. in Avengers Disassembled. Is he back? Man, I have no idea. They they bring people back from the dead more than, you know, Elvis Presley ever was. I swear to God. No, I think I they just... don't worry about it for the co- for the movie continuity. And I think always... they killed his daughter at one point, too, but if, I can't see, swear I... to it. I was going to ask, and then I thought, nah, I don't, I'm not too sure of my facts, but and, and, you know, now that you say that, yeah, because I, I thought the same thing, that you know, because Casey eventually, be, that's her name, right, Casey? She eventually became um, a growing hero. Yes. Uh, what was her name? Stature, I think. Yeah, with the uh, new Avengers, or the young Avengers, excuse me. And then, yeah, I thought I heard that she had died. But I'm just thinking, you know, with this movie coming out, and hopefully, you know, doing very well and all that, that they're going to want that synergy. You know, they're going to want to promote comic book Ant-Man if the movie's out and, and doing well oh. and all that. And I'm wondering, is Scott Lang even in existence right now in present Marvel? Because I know for a while they had, I don't know his real name, but the, the one that was the irredeemable Ant-Man. Was that Erica his name? Brady? I think yeah, was. something like that. I never read it. I, I heard it was good, but I've never read any of it. But I'm thinking that they're going to want to promote this specific Ant-Man, you would think. But I, I have no idea if he's alive or dead. Last I knew, he died in Disassembled. And I don't know if they've resurrected him or not. I'm not sure it's how they It's possible. They, they brought back, you know, Hawkeye, so... Oh, that's true, too, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Is, uh, uh, there see was how a bunch the movie of them that does. Died. Yeah. Well, there was a bunch of them that died in that story, because... Uh, uh, what's his name? Um... Jack of Hearts died, and I don't know if he's reappeared since then yet either. Yeah, you but that like, affects like five people. So oh, I liked Jack of Hearts. I mean, you're one my, of the five people, right? I mean, he wasn't <laughs> my favorite character, but I thought he was. I always, I always thought he had a cool look. That would be a great little comic for us to make. Is like dead superheroes, like in superhero limbo, like where right. Tinkerbell goes if nobody believes in her. Right. You know, and they're just wait. They're just like, come on, movie, have a good opening. <laughs> Up well, top he, a comic again. You know, we were we were talking about the uh, the, the hipster douchebags in the beginning of this episode. I'm kind of not looking forward to that same crew kind of examining early issues of the Ant Man series from the sixties. And and they may actually have a point. I mean, let let's let let's be fair. Uh, Janet Van Dyne was like sixteen years old when he she started dating Hank Pym, who was in his at least mid twenties, right? A little creepy. <laughs> yeah, because he was he was what he was widowed or divorced. Yeah, or divorced she or looked just right? like his dead wife. That's right. Yeah. So it's just like there's a lot of things that you can kind of ignore now that are probably best left ignored. Yeah, you know? just jiggle around some ages, you know, add a few years here. And I was, there to... you know, my wife's playing because she's a she kind of got frustrated with lego batman 3 so she started up lego marvel uh and 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 said that she thinks it's actually better than any of the dc games so we'll uh wow 
we'll see how I uh, I feel about that uh, afterwards. She also she also got that one moment where she's where I was playing Superman and I jumped into somebody else. She goes, "Oh, good. I was kind of sick of hearing that music," and it's just like, Rrr. no, I'm just kidding. Um, Do you need to go to divorce attorney, Mike? <laughs> no, uh, but we were talking about uh, Jean Grey. And I brought up the point that in an early issue of X-Men, there's a, a sequence where Professor Xavier go, you know, privately the fact that he's in love with Jean and he right. can't tell her. And I'm like, you're her teacher. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's not just a matter of, you know, a May-December romance. That's that, that That's more of you're in a position of authority over her and she's a young woman, you know? That's just, and it's something. Yeah, that but who's the Lane, oversight of, <laughs> you know, of Professor X? He could, he could possibly and, get away. I mean, maybe that's why he can never acknowledge it because he knows it's. Well, she knows about it because during onslaught, onslaught brought it up, mm. uh, and it was actually made a story point. But still, it's kind of, you kind of look at some of that stuff, and I'm not saying it like in the oh, let's be ironic and look back at this stuff, but just to kind of. You know, looking at it critically, it's just like that's kind of weird. <laughs> you know, <laughs> at least that's how I see. It. No, that's true. I think you have a good point. <laughs> you will never hear those words again, Mike. So <laughs> I'm glad we recorded it for you. <laughs> yes, I did like this. I'm just sitting here, just flipping back through the pictures. I, I just, I love the art in this. It's been so long since I had dug this story out and read it. You no, know, you know, unlike last, you know, the the. The <laughs> two months ago, where you you made me read that uh, martial arts book, uh, <laughs> I, I feel like this was an apology for that. So I appreciate it. We try to have good ones from time to time. I'm just glad it, it turned out to be because I mean, like I said, I hadn't read it in years, and I, I there was after I proposed it, I, I had this thought of what if what if it sucks? What if it's not what I remember it to be? But I'm really glad that it, it holds up well. You know the big uh, the fight at the end of forty eight with the big pink guy. I, I couldn't tell you who he reminds me of, but he reminds me of somebody from. Uh, did you ever read Burns' uh, Doomsday Plus One? No, that, that oh, was some good yeah. stuff too. Yeah, I, I have an issue of that. Well, you yeah. know, you never need to fret about a comic you pre- presented after Dick Dragon. <laughs> this is very true. Dick Dragon. What if that you, you know this is not going to be as bad as Dick Dragon? So that was shit. Oh, I'm sure I could. But probably we still find had fun, something. right? Yeah, it was still yeah. Dragon's still fun, in a way. <laughs> it burns a little bit, but you know you oh, got sad nice. for that. No pun intended. <laughs> If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Ants are crawling on the street. Looking closely with a magnifying glass No one knows how many ants there are In fact, I really think it's quite bizarre 
visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Sock it to me? <laughs>